This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Coming January 18th, 2019, Misery Never Forgets, the new album from the leaders of the next generation of metalcore, Wrist Meat Razor. Revolver Magazine proclaims, Wrist Meat Razor reimagined the technicality and urgency of the hardcore and screamo of the early aughts. And Colt Nation hails, Wrist Meat Razor is poised to make their mark, a crimson slice of emotional violence. Wrist Meat Razor, Misery Never Forgets, available in all formats, January 18, 2019. Pre-order at store.prostheticrecords.com. Does true crime collectibles interest you? Do you love the macabre, morbid, grim, ghastly, gory, grisly, spooky, and weird? If you said yes, then Serial Killers, Inc. is the website for you. Serial Killers, Inc. Have you been searching for bits of cranium belonging to some of music's most tortured artists? From Kurt Cobain to Dead from the band Mayhem, there's only one place on the internet that can call itself your Skull Fragment Emporium. Serial Killers, Inc. You won't rock memorabilia, but autographed guitars just won't make you special. But you know what will? Freddie Mercury's mustache, and you can only find it at... Serial Killers, Inc. Use needles from Nikki Six, rolled up dollar bills with Marilyn Manson's booger still attached, prescription pill bottles with Elvis's name on them. We have it all. Serial Killers, Inc. Us while asking how we can live with ourselves. Serial killers, Maybe one day we'll sell one of your body parts. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what is going on, everybody? It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by Brandon Gooch Hahn. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. And Jocelyn Sharp is on the road right now doing comedy. Make sure you guys keep up with her dates. If she's going through a city near you, you have to see her. She's hilarious. But you can always follow her at Jocelyn Sharp on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And me at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, guys, I got an interview with Mirai Kawashima from Psy. We are here to talk about his new record, Air to Despair. It's already making the list best of across a bunch of metal magazines. So if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. Real fun interview. Hang in there for that. As always, we like to jump into the Metal Sucks News. Our first news story, our bit, which... I, I'm conflicted with because we did do an advertisement for a company that I think should fucking burn. Yes, there is a company called Serial Killers Inc. that sells things like Dead's Cranium, Dead from Mayhem, who uh, famously shot himself in the head for anybody who doesn't know that. And then Euronymous, who found Dead, took bits of his uh, cranium and mailed it to certain people that he thought was true metal. That's the story behind, you know, Mayhem, if people didn't know that. And the fact that someone's selling this online, a piece of his skull for $3,000, I feel gross by it. How well, about you? I just don't understand why anybody would want it. It's a super small piece. It's not like you could just put it on a mantle and have everybody... You know what I'm saying? It's dumb. Do you think like that would get someone laid? Uh, I think it'll get you laid by the wrong person. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. The wrong person's sometimes fun, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, no, it's gonna be, yeah, exactly. That person's going to bang the hell out of you, and then they're going to cut your face off and fucking wear it. Mm, yes. I meant like in a, in a murder type. In a macabre type, way. In a macabre way. Yeah. yeah. What, what would you think would be cool to own? Oh, man. Let's see here. Janis Joplin's nipple. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. It's like there's nothing that I can think of that I'm like, oh, I really want that person's hair or that toe nail or that toe like i don't want anything i don't care about that stuff i just remember hearing like people buying ted bundy's car where he murdered people and thinking it was cool and i just was like i hate you i hate i hate people that want to own 
you know, these horrible people and just glorify them and stuff. Well, that, I don't know. It's, just, it's just a weird feeling to me. Like That is confusing. Like when somebody goes out there and buys like a ton of Nazi memorabilia, they're like, I'm not racist, but I blew half my paycheck on this metal. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't understand the significance behind that, you know? And here's the deal: like if you're if you're like a big Nazi memorabilia collector, collector, uh-huh. you're gonna have a room devoted to the Nazis, like Lemmy did. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. weird. It's just it's. I'm not saying Lemmy was racist, but it was like it's just fucking weird. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I'm pretty sure like Lemmy wasn't racist. I'm like 99 sure. I don't know him personally, but like the fact that I remember watching the documentary and seeing all that paraphernalia just around his his apartment, I was just like, yeah, man, it's like, a bad look. It, it is. It's just like. There, there is an, a villainous and evil look to it, but maybe that's part of the appeal for people. They like that evil well, then like, again, feel or something, but like it's just... It's, it's the same way when you walk into that that super film nerd's house and their house is just decorated with like Leatherface and Jason Voorhees it's and not Freddie Mercury. It's not the no, same. No, no, no. It's like, I'm not saying... To me, though, it is. It's the same as walking into someone's house and seeing a, a fucked doll on the couch. But what it's, <laughs> and be like, what, what's that doing there? Well, oh well, no, they're just leaving. Just sit on it. No. Well, all I'm saying is yeah. though is like you know there there is a glorification going on there with gore and violence with the people that do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that you're a terrible person if you have a Leatherface poster. I'm not saying that you're on the same level if you have like a Jason Voorhees mask. And Dead Skull. And Dead Skull, yeah. You're yeah. not, you're That's very what I'm trying to far say. on the there, yeah. There's limits to the macabre and to the obsession and there's things like that that are healthy limits and then there is crossing a line and I feel anybody that visits Serial Killer Inc., you're crossing a line. Well, <laughs> like you, I, I personally feel well, that. Well, what would happen? You know? Well, like for example, like when you go to Disneyland, okay, and you go to the Pirate to the Caribbean ride, there's one part where they have a real skull. It's a real human skull on the Pirates of the Caribbean. Holy shit. Are you serious? I'm serious as a heart attack. Who, 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 where, how, what are you talking about? Like, I'm going to, I'm not going to Google this, but like, do you think Disney really put a human skull? There is, dude, the pirate, they used to have real skeletons back in the day. Then they went back and switched it all out. Oh my God. I swear to God. I, dude, you cannot swear to God on that, bro. I swear to God. <laughs> dude, my wife, I'm going to tell you this. My wife, here's the deal. Maybe I can't swear. Someone to God. write into Brandon and let him know that if this is true, write into me because yeah, there's no off, way that's true. And here's the thing: a, a Disney ride you, is going to have. I'm telling you straight up, like, my wife is a die-hard Disneyland enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Okay, she knows this shit, and you are super gullible, and you know that shit. Oh, first off, no, okay, and you're <laughs> okay, and you're the exact opposite. Kind what's, of. Yeah, what's the exact opposite of gullible? Where smart. You, no, fuck that. No, it's <laughs> not, not smart. Not smart. The exact opposite. Closed-minded. Of, Let's just say like a scientist has a human skull yeah. in their in their office. <laughs> put it in a Disney ride. <laughs> yeah, put it in a Disney ride. Whatever. Wait, back to what I cut you off, but your your wife is a Disney enthusiast and she convinced you that they used dude, actual skeletons and skulls in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. That dude, is I'm telling at, right? you right now, it wasn't just her, it was like two other two of her other like Disneyland crazy psycho enthusiast friends. So it was all three of them going, Oh yeah, and they all knew it. They all knew the legend. So I'm just telling There's you right now. There's this thing called urban legends, right? Okay, Either when, that or Disney Disney is what's keeping people, Serial Killer Inc. alive. When three, yeah, when three people are like that are, are swearing by this, and by the way, one of them rides <laughs> my dick, I'm going to go with that one. When three people swear when three by people this. swear by it and one of them's got my last name, I gotta fucking make sure that I go with that. I believe what you just said is all the facts that we see every single day. <laughs> well, three people said that, and one, you know, makes love to me. Oh God, you what, just said it. In a hey, I'm going to tell you right now. She she Googled it up and she showed me. Yeah, I can't I'm, I'm, wait. I, dude, I can't wait for you to look. Stupid. You can Google anything up, and it'll have some sort of fact. All anything, right. Bro, all right, right. All right. Stop the show. Let's Google it right now. All right, so I Googled it, and apparently UCLA did give uh, some bones to the Pirates of the Caribbean, but they were taken out. They were taken out. I just said that. I said they originally had bones in there, and they got all yanked out. But there is a legend that there is. We don't know if it's 100% true if there's one real skull in there, but everybody, I've had several people go, "That's that's the same one. I personally feel that they should not have real skulls. Maybe you should open your fucking mind a little bit and just... And just assume that 
Brandon's right from time to time. No. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes I sometimes I don't believe things exist, like cuckolding, and then you have to prove me and wrong. And then I have to tell you that and it's I'm like, a six I can't believe world. that's an actual thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, the anyways, world is not what it, it, Paycheck thinks it is. My world every is now pretty. And then. Your world, world is pretty. pretty and only pretty. I'm here to let you know that there's a seedy underbelly. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, my gutter is so clean. You know, yeah. I love the gutter, but it's like, it's a clean gutter. But oh. then in re- reality, it's like, hey, so that's what happened. By the way, I parked outside of a, a CD place and I, I walked outside and uh, my license plates were stolen. So <laughs> as of right now, I have no license plates on my <laughs> no. truck. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Maybe they're at Disneyland. There's that underbelly I don't know about. People steal license plates. They just take them off trucks. Yeah. Maybe they're on the cars right at Disneyland. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Next story, guys. When a band breaks up. When a band breaks up, it's sad news. It's heartbreaking. People that created something together said, no more. It's almost like a divorce. Just ah. So recently, the band Witch Rot had a breakup, and they put out this statement, and it's rare that I want to read a full statement of a band that broke up, but this statement, I think people should really understand, is full of honesty, full of integrity, and full of actually really legit reasons to break up a band. And here is the statement of Witch Rot. Due to the unfortunate reality of our guitarist fucking my girlfriend of almost seven years, Witch Rot will be taking an extended hiatus. I, however, will continue the band in another space and time. Being ripe with hate, the music is slowly flowing and without a doubt will become the most devastating, torturous music I have ever created. Thanks for the support. Stay heavy, Peter. Also, our drummer died, dot, dot, dot. Um, I love how he threw in the also our drummer died. Didn't even say the guy's name. No, he was just like, also our drummer died. Bummer. (laughs) So (laughs) might as well just put like a sad face emoji next to his tombstone. Can we say that the drummer dying is more, is more important than someone fucking his girlfriend of seven years? Uh, yes. I'm just going to say like an order of importance. Death is always, but okay. Now you're right about that. But when I guess when you're talking about order of importance for creativity towards a metal record, I think fucking the guy fucking his girlfriend would add to more enraged songs. Okay, so this is like that devil's advocate move that didn't make sense to you. Why? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm telling you right now. What am I gonna? Okay, this guy's in a metal band. He's all about. You could see. You could read what he wrote. Where he's you talking. Changed about, my question to make it fit another answer. One thing that me and Brandon got to experience this week, and it's gonna tie into a story. So Metallica. Metallica will release a live acoustic record, guys. And the the track listing is actually pretty awesome. Disposable Heroes is the first one on there, which uh, we were asking for them to play. And they also play Bleeding Me. So um, we saw Metallica, me and Brandon, this past week here. And the one thing that stood out to me, like big time, and it was a great show. We had a good time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was a great show. So it was a great show, but it is a family-friendly environment. That's what I was a little shocked about. I mean, there was no reference to, like, granted, hey, man, James is 100% sober and all this stuff. No more bad words. There was no more bad bad words. words. Yeah, Yeah. they didn't let Lars touch a microphone. They're like... (laughs) Stay behind the fucking kit. Like he would, he would get out from behind the kit and you know throw water on people or maybe throw a drumstick in the audience or whatever. But it was like they were like, nope, Lars, stay away. Very family friendly. Yeah, you know, and um, it, it, the environment it felt very. I don't know. I guess Fleetwood Mackie. It, it, it didn't have that metal vibe. No, it to did it. not have. There was no danger. And there was twenty thousand people there, so you saw. I mean, it had the crowd. And I'm going to go on record and say that I saw, without question, without question, mm. the saddest mosh pit I've ever seen. Dude. But there was a mosh pit, which we didn't think would happen. First off, I don't. It know. was sad though. I really don't think it was a mosh pit. It was just a bunch of guys that were just kind of like walking in front of one another, and then they would stop and let their buddy pass them. It was like you want to know why it was the saddest mosh pit because it started during Fuel, dude. <laughs> like all the songs they played, Creeping Death, whatever. Fuel mosh pit. What the fuck? Well, dude, yeah. Fuel. <laughs> it's just, it's just, dude. It was like what I looked down in that audience though. It's not like it was a bunch of young guys moshing either. They were all like forty and fucking way out of shape just trying to hold on to that youth you know and it's like dude just stop no 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 keep it going sit in the hold back. on to your youth no keep it going first off you don't hold on to your youth when you're breathing super fucking heavy when you make one rotation in the mosh pit. you don't want to have a heart attack in a mosh pit i agree with that but like when fuel starts you gotta mosh <laughs> yeah no you don't yeah no, when fuel so- yeah you march your yeah you mosh your way all the way back to the beer stand <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it kept going. It kept going. I saw it during Enter Sandman. So the, the mosh pit did survive for quite a few songs, but ultimately, like, that's just it. It's like, we saw Sabbath. We saw a lot of the older bands that are calling it, you know, and they still had that metal vibe and that danger to it. There is none of that at the Metallica shows. Anymore. No, it's very family friendly. Bring your, I would have brought Briscoe, man. Briscoe probably would have been fine. You know, it was very, very, uh, just tame. Yeah. You know? But That's a great, it, a great show. It was I mean, a great show. It was a great show. But again, you know, Metallica, part of the reason why I got involved in that band, it's, it's not at all why I listened, why I started off listening to that band. That was the one lesson that I got out of that. All right, guys. So before we get it to our interview, This show is sponsored by Rockabilia. During the holiday season, put some merch from Rockabilia on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with the selection and you can get 15% off with the promo code PCJabberJaw. Head over to rockabilia.com today for all your holiday merch and save 15% with the promo code PCJabberJaw. Amon Marth just released their new documentary and supporting live albums, The Pursuit of Vikings, 25 Years in the Eye of the Storm via Metal Blade Records. In addition to the retrospective documentary, the live video and audio component contains two different sets at 2017's Summer Breeze Festival in Germany, capturing the unit at their very best. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash Marth. Once again, metalblade.com slash Amon Amarth. And let's get to our interview with Marai Kawashima of Psy. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks podcast on the phone. I have Marai from Psy, and we're here to talk about the new record, Air to Despair, which is out right now. Now, Marai, Air to Despair is an album you made 100% for yourself and have stated that fans would hate the album. How liberating is discovering the opposite is happening with critics right now? Well, I think, it, to be honest, it's very surprising because uh, I'm very serious that, about uh, what I said, you know, the fans or even the band members would not like the album. So, well... It's very unexpected and surprising. Is it going to change your outlook on future music, do you think? No, I don't think so, because uh, I always make the music just for myself, and I don't care about the critics, because, you know, when Imaginary Sonic Escape came out in 2001, most of the reviews were very bad. But right now, you know, that is the probably the most you know popular album by size so you know it's very hard to tell you know it's it's i don't think it's a good idea to decide the direction by the you know those reviews and critics i don't think it's something you should do as an artist i i loved i love that i completely agree with you now one thing about the new record air to despair that i did read is that the concept of the album is insanity Mm -hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a concept that changes definitions to me, like each year. What is your concept of insanity in these times? Well, it's very hard to tell because I think everybody has some kind of insanity in themselves. And uh, the concept of, of the, the album, the concept of, about the insanity is, is I, I don't think it's possible to define what insanity is. Because it's it's very, it's completely relative and uh, arbitrary, you know. Yeah, that's why what what I wanted to say with this album. So, and probably I'm, I'm partly insane. And I, I feel like we partly all are, like you just said. And there's certain things mm-hmm. that will always trigger us in a way to mm-hmm. to show that side, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to people, yeah. whether it be when you're vulnerable or whether it be when you're being forced to do something you know there's a lot of different things now another song on the record you did a three-part song it's called heresy in that way i saw that you were trying to understand how a schizophrenic person sees and hears the world i love yeah. that concept so mm-hmm. tell me what research did you do behind that well i'm just yeah it's it's of course it's just an imagination mm-hmm. because it's impossible to 
to tell what those people and how those people see the world. Be because you'll never know how other people see the world, hear the world. You just know yourself and nobody else. So it's 100% imagination. And, um, but uh, even, for, even to the, the insane people, those, you know, those kind of delusion should be real to them. So of course they cannot tell. It's just a delusion. So uh, I, I, again, it again it has the same concept. No, and I, I do like that. We're going to talk about delusion in a little bit, but I did want to bring mm -hmm. up the first single. Um, and I know it's Latin for the word for the word one man wolf. Mm -hmm. It does have Phil Anselmo doing some guest vocals on it. So how did he get involved in that project? Actually, I've known him for a long time because uh, he was in necrophagia. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my band from the U.S. and I used to be in the band too. So I got to know him through Killjoy from Necrophagia. He unfortunately he just passed away yes. early this year. So I've, I've known him for maybe twenty years, almost twenty years. But I, somehow I never thought about asking him to sing on the album. Maybe you know I never thought he would accept it because he, he's you know, too huge. He's too you know, rock star thing. So, but uh, I just came up with the idea about asking him to sing on the album this time. But to be honest, I never thought I would accept it, but I don't know he would accept it, but uh, he, he just said, okay. And he just did it for us, even for free. So it, it was a great thing. Excellent, man. And you did bring up Killjoy, who did pass this year. Um, and he yeah. was in bands like Viking Crown, Necrophagia, um, and stuff like yeah. that. Can you share maybe a memory you had uh, of Killjoy for everybody out there that may not be familiar with his work and his personality? Well, um, he he was a great friend of mine. So I I I have been a huge fan of Necrophagia even from the eighties. So I I was shocked at their demo in the middle of the 80s because it was so bad you know the guitar and bass are completely out of tune and the killjoy could not keep up with the rhythm at all but i loved it because it's so different from any other band so but i never thought i would join the band 15 years later so yeah Kujo is a great guy, but uh, we fought a lot. We quarreled a lot, you know. So, you know, he, he was like a brother. So n now, you know, just after he passed away, everybody say he was a great guy. But uh, um, to be honest, he, he was kind of an asshole. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would say that because he, he was very close to me. And uh, I mean, it's, al it's always shocking to see somebody close you know, die. And now I'm 48. Unfortunately, these things started happening these days. But, um, well, you know, you know, that's life. Yes. And then, I mean, you know, horror films and, and the horror genre, like you mentioned Killjoy, he, he did do a couple films, if I remember correctly. And um, mm -hmm. have you ever considered making a film or have you ever written a script just out of practice? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't have any. I'm not gifted for script or making a film at all. I I always want to make some soundtrack for horror movies, but uh, not film or script. Gotcha. And that's I, the next topic I was going to bring up. So um, you are very well versed in horror movie soundtracks, and there there is an influence of that on your works, especially the new record "Air to Despair." I feel has a, a good influence on the soundtrack element. So if you had to pick one soundtrack in the horror genre to recommend to people who have maybe never listened to soundtracks in their entirety, what would it be and why? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a very famous movie, but uh, I think the, the Beyond by Lucio Fulci has the best soundtrack ever. Nice. You know, Fabio Fritti is the. I think. I think he is the best horror composer in the world. How much of, of an influence of him would you say is on your modern day work? Well, it's pretty big. You know, the, the we use a sound of mellotron. It's not from the prog rock influence. It it it's rather comes from Fabio Fritti's work. 
So I think I think still the 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 influence from the Italian horror soundtrack is, is very huge on even today's work on side of side. I, I did want to bring up your last album, Grave Word. Was uh, mm-hmm. you have stated you weren't happy with it overall? How much of no. that experience motivated the new album and your kind of heir to despair? Yeah, actually, I, I think it's almost hundred percent because uh, I didn't like it at all. So I. St- I started working on Air to Despair right after the, the Grave War came out. So it is kind of a backlash to Grave War. That was a trigger to start working on Air to Despair. Is there another record in your catalog that you feel the same about, like Grave War? No, just Grave War right that's, now. That's the it, only one. it changes, but right now I, I, I don't like Grave War, but that's the only album. I'm not proud of many black metal artists and, and, and traditionally that's where you came from. That's a genre that a lot of people give you credit for being at the very forefront of many of the black metal artists have morphed the last 30 years into a very avant-garde and experimental artist. Mm-hmm. What do you feel in essence is shared from the message and origins of Psy with the modern day version of the band? I, I don't know I don't know. It's it's very hard to tell, but I, I think the the reason why you know there are so many avant-garde black metal is that a uh, black metal is the general that encompasses the keyboard. I think keyboard is the key. But before black metal, keyboard is not the instrument you used for extreme metal, like in a thrash metal or death metal. Uh, keyboard is totally different from guitar or bass because. Uh, Keyboard is a substitute for anything like uh, orchestral instruments, even for choir. And keyboard can be used as keyboard to so That's why the, the the sound of black metal kept expanding. That's how I see about an avant-garde thing in black metal. Do you feel the keyboard is the primary instrument for you when composing songs? Yeah, because I... I started playing the classical piano when I was four. Mm. So, well, of course, I played the guitar, I played the bass, but I I can play the keyboards and piano much better than bass or guitar. So, yeah, this is the main instrument for me. So, this is the most important instrument for me. And when you play live, you do play the keyboard primarily, correct? Well, these days, these days, sometimes I play keyboard and flute. And sing these days. And on this new record, Air to Despair, you do sing in your native tongue. Um, mm-hmm. And in the in the past, most of the records are all in English, if not all of them, if I recall. But what was the main reason that you chose to sing in your native tongue on this record? Uh, the, actually, actually, there are several reasons. But uh, the the most you know the, the simple one, the sim the simple one, the stupid one is that uh, I can sing much better than in Japanese because it's it's my mother tongue, so I don't have to care about the the right pronunciation or something. So uh, it just I just thought I could sing much better in Japanese, and I also thought I would be able to write something different from the the previous albums if the lyrics are in Japanese because the Japanese and uh, English are completely different languages in every you know, aspect because uh, English is a very well, what is it rhythmic language while the Japanese is very melodic language. So if I write the lyrics in Japanese and if I sing in Japanese, I was quite sure that the music would quite would be quite different from my past works. That's actually really interesting to me because you have to, in your singing, in, in a lot of the songs throughout the career, you're singing, it's, it's extremely fast, you know, like, like black metal yeah. vocals. So to combat that to a rhythmic language versus a melodic language, why did you initially decide to sing in English out of curiosity? Because it, it sounds like it would be a lot harder to sing faster if it's not in your native tongue. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Well, well, it's actually, it's, I think English is easier to sing fast because uh, Japanese, in Japanese, every letter has a vowel, so so it's it's very hard to sing fast because uh, you use a lot of breath 
to speak or sing in Japanese. So th- th- there is no voiceless, word, vo- voiceless letter at all in Japanese. Wow. So on this record, mm-hmm. most of the songs that you have to sing fast, did you purposely write the lyrics where the letters kind of like maintained? Yeah, yes. Easier for you to sing? Oh, that's cool. So that's, that's, a, that's a different thought. So um, lyrically, though, then did you go to, through a lot of drafts of what you were trying to say to make it fit for the song? Actually, actually, yes. Oh, wow. So I had to, I had to keep changing and try to, you know, I sing and change, and I, I had to do it so many times. Did the meaning of the words and and what you were trying to say change while doing that? Actually, yes. That, that's one of the reasons I wrote the lyrics in Japanese because I, I kind of ran out of the the topic to sing in English. So yeah. It's this kind of a change of pace, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're 11 out. This is your 11th record, correct? Yes. Yeah, so 11 albums in. Think about that. 10 records in English and then you're going to do that. So, that's I think that's a great move just not only to make it sound different for the fans, but also for mm-hmm. you as an artist, you know. It's it's fantastic. Yes. So, one thing I did want to bring up is atmosphere in horror films and music and we talked about the soundtracks and and all that kind of stuff. So, atmosphere in horror movies and music when it's done right, it makes the listener feel uncomfortable. It's something that yes. I feel is missing in a lot of modern-day horror movies. I think they feel kind of with a stock sound, like not an original sound. Do you feel this is a difficult task for Psy after almost 30 years? Well, I, I don't know. I, I always love you know sinister and uh, evil sound. And, um, and I, I've been, I have been trying to taking the, the atmosphere of old horror soundtrack from the 80s, 70s, 60s. I think, I think, it's, I think it dep- pretty much depends on the, the instruments you use. Because you, you said the, these days the horror movies lacks the, the Ori- atmosphere. Originality, I guess, is, is to the same. Originally? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's the same for music because... You know, everything has been tried, and it's very hard to to be original in every genre, in, a, in every art, even for the drawing or movie or music or whatever. Wow, well, it's I don't think there is a big room to come up with something completely new anymore. Unfortunately, maybe maybe there could be some genius who would make it, but uh, as far as I know, I think it's very difficult to be 100% original these days. And I don't disagree at all. Um, but the, the, I, but I also, this is the, how I combat that, is that every personality grown in mm-hmm. a different generation mm-hmm. should have an original voice because it's a different way of being brought up. Now, to make sounds different, though, that is truly, I agree with this, is a challenge. But in a way, I feel the mind changes constantly. Like the next generation who was born on just computers, you know, I feel like their mind is going to compute things <coughs> like differently in a way. And that maybe they'll create some new instrument that we've never heard or something like that. And do you think in, in the 60s and 70s when the keyboard was happening, like the electronic keyboard, that that's what was a primary thing is that it was a newer instrument for a lot of people? Yeah, I think it's true. But I think the problem is the internet. Mm-hmm. Be- before internet, you have to find, even if you listen to some some sound you like on the record, you never know how they were made. But these days, you can Google anything. I was quite surprised to find some websites like saying, you know, how to do the growling, how to do death metal vocals. I never thought you should learn the way to growl. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons that these days the younger bands, you know, are not original enough. I think it's these days it's too easy to find out how to, you know, sound like your hero. You You can easily find what instrument what kind of effect pedal the bands you like use so 
And I agree you know, with the, that. Yeah. Yeah, in the sixties or seventies, I think I think there's some originality was born through misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, because you have to try yourself. It's you know through trial and error, through misunderstanding, something new was born before internet. I think that's how I see the I, I, problem. Yeah, that's a that's a great assessment. Yes, the beauty and flaws, the mistakes people yeah, yeah. made along the way that were recorded actually made the art beauty. And that's it's very good if if you do art in a mathematical way, like one mm-hmm. plus one. If I sound like Phil Anselmo and he plays like Dimebag Daryl, we're going to be just as big as Pantera. But in actuality, you're yeah. not original. You're just yeah right regurgitating and learning and i i really like what you said there i agree with you and and a lot of it has to just come from within and trial and error now that's the one thing about art or artists like i do feel that there's a difference between a craftsman someone who's just been there and done that a million times and doesn't make mistakes and an artist well i don't know i think it's just a matter of balance between craftsmanship and your gut feeling. I, I think it has been always the, 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 the problem or the, the, the critical point about the, the art. You, know, you can't be 100% you know, you know it's, I think it's just a matter of the, the balance. You know, some, mu- some music requires more craft, craftsmanship while other form of art requires more feelings rather than... But uh, you can't... It's, 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 I think it's almost impossible to make an art or make music with 100% feeling, with, with no craftsmanship. It's, some you know, artists try to do that in, in the history of classical music and some avant-garde form of art, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, they don't come across as... It, it, it comes across as, if I may say, like slop. Like it doesn't come, like the texture isn't there, which is what the craft yeah. brings. Yeah, I completely mm-hmm. understand. I've been there where I'm like, I just don't even know if they know how to play their instruments right now, mm-hmm. even though what I'm hearing is original. But it makes me think of that necrophagia tape you were talking about. And <laughs> was that, <laughs> that? Yeah, that was, that, maybe that, that, in that case, maybe that was 100% feeling. <laughs> that it was yeah. This is younger people can play the guitar and drums very well, much better than in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's just yeah. I I adore that, but um, I I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's just a faster because you said the 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 know how to do it. It's out there. Yeah, so you can Google it. But I, I also feel like there is a negative to that because. In just normal conversation, everybody thinks they know everything, and then they can Google something to prove that they know it right away, right in front of you. And um, I feel it doesn't give people knowledge, but that's what knowledge has become. Like we're talking about definitions changing, like insanity changing. Knowledge has changed so much through the years. Um, another thing to bring go back to the record is that there's a song called In Memories Delusional. And mm-hmm. uh, it made me think about memories in general, like memories don't all memories become delusional because emotions and feelings are attached to them? Yeah, now I'm, as I said, now I'm 48 and I just, I sometimes notice my old memories are not correct. So, yeah, it's memories are very strange because uh, there is no guarantee, you know, guarantee that uh, the memories you have are real. So it's just kind of scary, you know, it's, in philosophy, you know, you can you can say the the this word was made just five you know five minutes before, and all the memories you have are just, just delusional. You, you could insist that insist on that if you want. So it's just kind of scary. That's that's sort of my thoughts on the, the memories, and that's that I wanted to say in the, the in the in the memories delusional. Yeah, and, and is it possible that all our memories are, are, in a way, because of that, are lies, and that we don't really have truth even within our own mind? Well, of course, I, I don't think it's the, all the memories I have are delusional, mm-hmm. but there could be a the possibility like that, and you cannot prove it. No, you can't. That's that's the scary part, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's just scary. It's so much is based on just the actual word belief. And what yeah, we choose believe. to believe, yeah. Yeah, and, and when you get older, 
the, the, the memories are, you know, pretty much delusional or changed in your head and in your mind. There, there are so many things I thought that was true was not true. I Sometimes I have to argue with my brother and, and um, yeah, my parents because the, the, our memories are so different about, you know, in the childhood. And then, and then with conviction, you're always going to believe what you're saying and try to yeah, believe yes. that it's correct. So, and that's the one thing. I wonder if memories change when people win arguments. Like, no, okay, you yeah. win. So that's completely right. <laughs> Real quick segue, because I thought this was a really funny thing that uh, I saw that you guys did post a couple while back on, uh, it was on Twitter or Facebook or something, but you did post it about seeing a, a Psy shirt in a porno movie. Uh, oh yes! Did you watch the entire movie, and did you appreciate the promotion of your band when it was all said and done? Yeah, I I just I quickly watched the movie, but but not the whole. It was quite long, so I, I don't I don't want any intro things or something. So I just just quickly checked it. Yeah, of course, of course I loved it. I, th- I think it, I even loved the the bands like the Mentors, and I, I think Sex is the one of the the most important elements in the rock music. Because it's the music is, I think it's the rock music is very much connected to sex because sex is our instinct, and um, of course, you know, instinct is the the, the 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 very important part of music. So I, I have nothing against pornography or anything. So I, I think this is great promotion for for us, and I I just like the fact that the that our shirt was. You know, featured, starred in the, in the, the poor movie like that. I just, I just liked it. The fact. Let me ask you this, man. Before we go, how much touring would you like to do on this record, and how much well, of the new songs would you play? I'm not sure. To be honest, we're not into touring that much anymore. We're getting too old, and I'm not sure how many songs we will play live. I think it depends on the fans because I myself, when I go to the, the heavy metal concert, I usually don't want the bands to play their newer stuff hmm. because I'm maybe just because I'm, I'm too old now because I, I like I, when I go to, see the bands like Slayer or Metallica or whatever. I really, I just want them to play the songs from just far three albums or something like that. So I don't know. It depends on the fan. If the fans want to listen to the newer stuff from our catalog, we will do that. But usually in the, especially in Europe, people just want to listen to the stuff from the the first album, Scorn Defeat. Here in Japan, people want to hear the songs from Hangman's Hymn. Mm. So it depends. Gotcha. So now that's funny you said that. Do you think that because those those records that you mentioned by Metallica and Slayer is? Do you think that's because that was during your youth that you want to just hear those songs? Because I feel the same way about bands. Like when I was in a certain age, I just want to hear those records, even if they're not their most popular records because I related to them as something new then. Do you think that that's as a, a, a say in, in why you want to hear those, or do you think it's their best stuff? To me, I, I think the, the, thir- the first three albums with Slayer, first three albums from Metallica are the best, and I won't doubt it. But I'm not sure. I think it pretty much depends on the album you hear the first, because it... You know, the, the the album you hear the first has the huge impact on you. So maybe if you hear Justice for All, maybe that, you know, and the Justice for All is the first Metallica album you hear, maybe that one has the biggest impact. And the music, yeah, and the music you listen to in the in, when you are a teenager has a big impact on you too. So... I don't know. At least to me, those like, first three episodes are the best. But uh, like for for Hell Awaits is a very important record to you. Is that correct? Actually, no, no. Okay. To, to to me, to me, Show No Mercy and uh, wow. Raining Blood, Raining Blood are the best. Hell Awaits is is fascinating, great. But I think 
as far as the riffs go, I think it's the weakest of the three. Ah, yeah. Because to me, yeah, the first one I got was Seasons of the Abyss. That mm. was the same, same mm. thing. The first one was And Justice for All. And those are my favorites. Like, I'll always be like, I want to hear from yeah, these two I records. So. But in my mind, like, no, no, Master of Puppets is better than Angela. Like, in my mind. But that's just like when my youth was, you know? So Yeah, because, I, you, yeah, because South of Heaven was the biggest letdown to me. Because, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because South of Heaven came out after Raining Blood, which was one of the fastest records in the 80s. Then they slowed down. So it was a big shock to me. But if you, you know, if you hear the South of Heaven the first, then went back to Raining Blood, you feel totally different, you know. Yes, and that's me. I completely like <laughs> um, Seasons of the Abyss is the like I said, that was yeah. my primary one. Went back to South of Heaven, went back to Rain and Blood. And I and I appreciate Rain and Blood very much. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I can see how this changed everything. But I'll still yeah. grab those other two before Rain and Blood. Oh, I'll be like, let me grab South of Heaven or Seasons of the Abyss, like you said. And then uh, Show No Mercy is a big one, but I, I also, for me, and then Hella Waits and, and Rain and Blood, like I said, I love them. I'm not saying mm-hmm. negative, but they're not the primary goes. And I, and I blame that to that just being, like you said, the time I picked up the record. And I was like, I'm living the time with the band during the Seasons of the Abyss tour. I feel like yeah. it's the time opposed to, hey, that's somebody else's time. Rain and blood. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. So, and that's why, like, when I see bands like live, I always want them to play the new stuff because I'm living that moment with them. You know, mm-hmm. I was around mm-hmm. when they created it. However, none of my friends agree with me, so don't 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 think that like, it's a popular opinion by any means. Yeah. So, but I definitely want one more time to tell everybody: make sure you guys pick up Air to Despair. If you haven't seen Axel did a review, four and a half out of five star. I, I completely agree with him fantastic record dude i'm really happy i got to talk to you and um i hope you tour because i've never seen you i'm in i'm in las vegas i'm in the states so you're one of those Mm -hmm. bands i hope to see before the end of time and now when you do tour is it going to probably be more festivals and things like that usually yeah it's it's easier for me but the for the u.s it's very difficult these days after trump Mm -hmm. it's 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 not easy to Come to you know, come to the U.S. But we loved. We were talking about some festival appearance in the U.S. for next year. So there's a possibility that we come to the U.S. U.S. next year. Nothing is confirmed yet, but uh, fingers crossed. And I hope that festival is Psycho Vegas because, like I said, well, I'm yeah. in Las Vegas. So that would yeah, be- <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that looks like a very good festival with a good lineup. Yeah, dude, it's a fantastic one. You guys would, it would be perfect. It would be perfect. I I mean, I've seen so many bands that I never thought I would ever see in my life because Mm -hmm. whoever runs that is great. So, but with that, man, hey, I just want to thank you so much once again, everybody. Air to Despair, pick it up. Thank you, man, so much for coming into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, we are back. First song you heard is off Size's latest record, Air to Despair. That one is Homo Homini Lupus, and that featured Phil Anselmo on it doing backing vocals. Second song, also off the same record, and that one is called Althea. Definitely check out the video for that if you have a chance, guys. It's really cool. And make sure you check out this record. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's topping a lot of lists, so you want to check it out for sure. Once again, thank everybody for these five-star reviews you guys keep putting on iTunes. That's all we can ask for. We truly appreciate it, guys. And until next week, we'll talk to you then. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.